Good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to morning worship. And as always, an extra special welcome to our family and friends joining us from other parts of the country and around the world. Um, I think you know already that Katrina is today attending the Baptist Union of Great Britain virtual assembly. So we are delighted to welcome the Reverend Amanda Quick from Leaven Baptist to lead our worship this morning. Welcome, Amanda. It's lovely to see you. Lovely to be with you all. This is a first for me, joining live on Zoom. <laughs> well, we're old hands at it now. And um, as Katrina always says at this point, if things go wrong, well, it just adds to the general gaiety of the occasion. So we don't worry if things don't happen in quite the right order. Um, as well as Amanda, of course, this morning, we also hear the voices of Talash, Tamara and Nancy. And our musicians this morning are Paul, Leo and Yang Yang. Very shortly, Bonnie and her family will be lighting our candle. And if we want to, we'd invite you to light a candle at the same time. Then at 7pm, our evening worship today will be part one of our reading of a new translation of the Gospel of Mark. Part one this Sunday evening, part two next Sunday evening. And I think this will be very interesting. So if you'd like to come along and just listen to the Gospel of Mark being read to us, that's 7pm this evening, and the Zoom invitation is just below this morning's invitation. A huge thank you to everyone who has already donated to our Christian Aid Week appeal. Uh, including gift aid, already this week we've raised over £800 for Earth Dams uh, for rural Africa. So thank you everyone who's already found their way to our Just Giving page. If you'd still like to donate, um, our Just Giving page will be open until the 31st of May, so not just this week, but until the end of the month. So do try and get there if you'd like to make a donation. One lovely piece of family news. We've heard that Freya has been accepted to study comparative literature and linguistics at the University of Glasgow. So congratulations, Freya. Fantastic news and a great relief for you and the family as well, I expect just to be able to put that aside and look forward to next year. So next Sunday morning, we'll celebrate Pentecost with a joint service with our friends from Wellington Church. And that will be an interesting service because again, some of the Wellington congregation will be in the sanctuary and some will be on Zoom and we'll be on Zoom. So again, it will be another one of these really interesting morning services. And then in the evening next Sunday, Robin and Christine will curate the reading of the second half of the Gospel of Mark. But now it's over to Bonnie to light our candle. As we gather for worship, let us join together to become the body of the Christ. Christ is a light that lights our way. May we glimpse the Christ that lights this day. Amen. And now some words from Psalm 105. Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Loving God, we come as seekers this morning. What we already know of you brings us hope and joy. 
we pray to discover even more. We come to you in weakness and we look to your strength. We pray that our worship will honour you and the journey we go on together will make us more like Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. And we're now going to sing one of my favourite hymns, Lord for the Years. as you come here, for this is holy ground. God dwells in this place. God, the Lord of time and space, was here before us and is here now. Tread carefully as you come here, for this is holy ground. By God's life-giving word, every creature was spoken into existence and is loved into eternity. God, the Lord of abundant life, was here before us and is here now. Walk quietly as you come here, 
for this is holy ground. Now is the time and here is the place to listen intently to God's spirit within us, to see as for the first time the hidden depths of Christ's suffering for us, to look expectantly for the signs of God's kingdom around us. Holy God, softly, carefully, quietly, we come here celebrating your presence within us and between us this day and always. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Our first Bible reading comes from Acts chapter 13, verses 1 to 5a. Now in the church of Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manin, a member of the court of Herod, the ruler, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So being sent out the Holy, by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And the second reading is from Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 to 6. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray for us as well, that God will open to us a door for the word, that we may declare the mystery of Christ, for which I am in prison, so that I may reveal it clearly as it should. Conduct yourselves wisely towards outsiders, making the most of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with thought, so that you may know how you ought to answer everyone. much for inviting me to share with you by the wonders of Zoom. Um, today happens to be National Sports Sunday, um, so I'm going to use that as a springboard to reflect briefly on mission. I've dressed appropriately. Um, sport is a huge part of our culture, frequently featuring among the news headlines for both positive and negative reasons, from the heights of human achievement to the depths of depravity. Today's going to be a game of two halves. Um, I want to kick off with acts and uh, just share really how I got involved in sports chaplaincy. And then later we're going to spend a bit of time with Colossians and reflect more generally on mission. So looking briefly, very briefly at acts. 
five people, um, probably from very different ethnic and social backgrounds, are worshipping the Lord and fasting. They're united in seeking God's will. And they hear the Holy Spirit calling them to release some of their number into a new area of ministry. They don't say, no, sorry, we can't possibly spare Barnabas and Saul. We need them here. They don't say, well, that's nice, but it's a luxury item. We need to focus on our existing priorities, our own constituency. This kind of open handedness and this willingness to bend and flex with the spirit's leading is really noteworthy, I think. The church at Antioch doesn't hoard its human resources. They commission these two and send them off to do what God is asking of them. They send them off to new territory outside the confines of the faith community, beyond their comfort zone. I was not a sporty kid. I was the library kid, the orchestra kid. That was my comfort zone. I am the last person who should ever have become a sports chaplain. And my call to sports chaplaincy began late in 2016. Uh, I'd been in Leven a couple of years, and the previous year had been tough for various reasons, um, including going through uh, a time of depression. The ministry was going okay, um, but I was conscious that I seemed to be spending an awful lot of time with Christians. I really wasn't sure how I was connecting to God's mission in the area. And then my colleague at Glenrothes Baptist Church emailed me and said, oh, hey, I hear they're looking for a chaplain for the East Fife Women's Football Club. I think you would be great for that. And I said, well, pal, I don't think you know me very well. I nearly choked on my porridge. Um, but I couldn't put it out of my mind. The football club is right on our patch. Many of the matches are played in a park that is walking distance from the church building. And the girls and women involved are exactly the age group, really, that we're missing, teens to 30s. Um, and it was a golden opportunity to mix with people of different backgrounds, different ages, different beliefs. Could this be the missional opportunity my schedule was missing? And what clinched it was a pastoral visit to a church member, a lovely woman in her 50s who was in the hospice at that time. And I used to visit her quite frequently. And sometimes it was hard to know what to speak about. Um, so one day I said to her, oh, hey, what do you make of this? I've been asked to think about becoming chaplain to the women's football team. Whereupon, as weak as she was, she sat bolt upright in bed and said, Amanda, my niece is in that team. And I have been praying that there will be a Christian influence in her life after I am gone. Well, that was totally unexpected, and it really was the confirmation that I needed. As crazy as it seemed, um, it really seemed that uh, God was calling me to this role. And so I proceeded with the induction process and took up the role in uh, 2017. So what do sports chaplains actually do? Um, we're there to be a pastoral support, a listening ear, a general friend to the club. We aren't there to convert people or to proselytize. Um, we can have spiritual conversations if those arise naturally. Um, we receive training in things like mental health first aid um, and occasional sessions on topics like most recently problem gambling, um, anything that's relevant. 
So far, to be honest, I haven't been used that much pastorally. Um, these are not the kind of girls who are in a rush to cry on your shoulder. Um, these are tough, tough cookies, um, lovely as they are. I go along to their weekly training session. Sometimes I even join in. Often I retrieve lost balls. Um, I might hang out with an injured player. Or last week it was a coach in a moon boot who really shouldn't have been there. Um, and at the home matches, I go along, I cheer them on. Um, mostly they lose. Um, and I sit in the changing room with them at halftime and after the match. Um, so I get to hear the manager's robust critique, um, expletives and all, and suffer the pain of defeat as well as the elation of victory. And sometimes I do feel a bit of a lemon, like, what am I doing here? I kind of not really sure what my role is. But if someone seems upset or gets injured, um, I might message them on Facebook during the week. Um, I've helped out with fundraising activities. At their invitation, I gave a very brief sort of two minute message at a Christmas party. Um, mostly, I'm just around uh, and hopefully becoming a familiar face. And my hope and prayer is that they, if they ever do need to talk, they know that I'm there. They know that hopefully I'm a safe and trusted person. But the benefits to me from taking on this role have been enormous. Um, I realized if I was going to hang around sporty girls half my age, um, it would be a good idea to get a bit fitter. So I did the couch to 5K and I took up running. I've had a go at the five aside. Um, my ball skills are appalling, um, but I have experienced the fun and the freedom that there is in chasing a ball around a field. And it feels good to try something new to get out of my comfort zone. And both football and running have given me new points of shared connection with my husband. Um, I've met amazing people throughout the rest of the sports chaplaincy community. And I genuinely believe God brought this opportunity into my life to bless me and to grow me. Um, and as well as to open doors of possibility for young women in this community to experience the love of God and to have a connection, however tangential, with a local church. So it still feels kind of like a mad thing, but definitely a God thing. So I hope that sharing that journey in some detail will encourage you to look for God's surprises in your life and in your church and to have faith to move outside your comfort zone and discover unexpected blessings. Thank you so much, Leo. Okay, um, so let's turn to Colossians. 
the older I get, um, the more I find myself drawn to the small print at the end of the letters. They often get ignored because all the shiny theology and, you know, the imposing rhetoric, it's all front loaded, it seems, um, at the, the front of the epistles. So the endings sometimes seem kind of boring and prosaic, a bit like kind of good night, God bless, don't forget to put the bins out on Thursday. Um, but there's so much practical wisdom hidden in these passages. And Paul calls us to prayer as an urgent priority. What is prayer? Prayer is watchfulness, looking to God, looking at the world around us, seeing with spiritual eyes, discerning people's needs and the spiritual dynamics at work. It's thankfulness. Everything comes from God and belongs to God. When I pray, I'm offering myself and those I pray for to God again, open to receive new grace, new hope, guidance. Over the last year at Lieben Baptist Church, we've run the prayer course a couple of times on Zoom. And those who've taken part have found it immensely helpful in deepening their spiritual lives and remaining connected to God and to one another. And during this past year, I found myself lingering more in that place of prayer. I think my soul craves it. And I've come to realize that prayer is not just the aperitif to the real work. Prayer is the real work, or at least part of it. And prayer and mission are inseparable. God's mission, in which we're privileged to participate, is underpinned by faithful prayer. Doors into people's hearts and minds don't open by themselves. Nor do doors into tough neighborhoods, divided communities, hostile regimes. Prayer is vital. Paul asks the Colossians to pray that God will open doors for the message and the mystery of Christ. He asks prayer for himself and his fellow missionaries that they might speak clearly and faithfully. You know, there can be a lot of grandiose talk around mission. There are strategies and programs and resources and conferences. There are arguments around terminology. Is it evangelism, mission, outreach, witness? There are arguments about priority. Should we be targeting men, young people, leaders, students, the marginalized? Some people are wedded to a fail-safe formula, usually the one that was their own means of receiving Christ, uh, a 1950s tent revival or whatever it might be. Others think they have cracked the code and invented a brand new method for such a time as this. But, you know, the reality is we are all witnesses to Christ in our own families and communities, the places where we live and move, work and play, Zoom and interact. Our mission is unfolding constantly, organically, without intervention from big name evangelists or even church meetings. We're all missionaries. We all need the same prayer backup that Paul solicited from his fellow believers. Without prayer, our efforts to witness in words and deeds to what we have seen and heard and tasted of the goodness of God are scuppered. And if you feel, as I did, that you're not being very fruitful in mission right now, well, pray for opportunities and wait and see what God will do. There may well be surprises. When the opportunities come knocking, make the most of them, as Paul encourages us. And I love that he prefaces that with the instruction to be wise. This isn't about steamrolling people. 
It isn't about maneuvering your way into situations, manipulating conversations to your preferred topics, being arrogant or offensive. Mission that flows from prayer watches and listens and loves and serves and builds genuine relationship. There are no shortcuts. What people respond to is friendship, hanging in there for the long haul, listening, supporting, sharing authentically of yourself. When it's so easy to drop a clangor, to say something that just turns people off to the message, it's understandable if we become tongue-tied or reticent. Paul tells us to let our conversation be full of grace, permeated by a deep awareness of God's unconditional love and compassion. I'm convinced that simple kindness, whether in words or actions, speaks volumes. People are very harsh with themselves and they are exposed to the harshness of life every day. A kind word goes a long way. And alongside that grace, which is all of God, our talk is to be seasoned with salt. Let your true flavour out. Be yourself. Let people get to know the real you, your ups and downs, your passionate convictions, your daily struggles, your peculiar sense of humour. Listen to what people are saying, what concerns them, what their questions really are, rather than what a book told you their questions ought to be. Share the truth as you understand it and as it impacts your own life. Don't worry about sticking to the script or knowing the right answers. Just be who God has made you to be and take that to any place and people where God's spirit leads you. We don't have to be afraid to share our faith. God's grace will flow from our lives naturally uh, without Herculean effort. The fruit of the spirit is growing in our lives. Be encouraged. Let your God flavours, your distinctive life story and personality be the means by which the gospel is communicated. God loves to take us out of our comfort zone and shake things up a little. God took me to the football pitch and got me to lace up my boots. Um, I don't know what the fruit of that will be. But through sports chaplaincy, I think I've become more aware of my dependence on God and people's deep need of God. Something about it feels authentic, salty, grace-filled. And my prayer is that you will continue on your own journey, alert to the promptings of the spirit, however unlikely or random they may initially appear. May you have eyes to see where doors are opening for you, both individually and as a body, and confidence to share what you've discovered so far about the goodness of God. May you be prayerful, graceful, well-seasoned witnesses to Christ.
Thanks, Yang Yang. Uh, we're going to watch a really short video, um, which is, uh, you'll see Warren Evans, who is the CEO of Sports Chaplaincy UK, a great guy. I've met him in, in uh, real time. Um, and he's just sharing very briefly and energetically how people can pray, how people can be involved in uh, the particular ministry of sports chaplaincy. If you have a heart after God and a heart for people, join us on the journey. You can do three simple things that makes a massive difference. You know, one, if you're dropping your kid off or your grandchild off at their club or you're going to your health club, instead of just going, why don't you be intentional and pray for that community? Pray for them families. Two, We've all stood on the touchline and talked on the touchline and berated the referee. But instead of berating the referee, maybe we can say a simple prayer. Lord, wherever you're at work, can I join in? And three, small things done consistently. Acts of kindness open people's hearts to God. So maybe your church or you can do a barbecue for your local club or even just drop off a bag of oranges. Do something, be intentional and make a difference. I don't know what sports clubs are uh, in the area of your church, but it's maybe something you can look into later. Is, is there, uh, are there natural partners for you in that area that you could support? We're going to sing together again, uh, one more step along the world I go. with our prayers for others and for each other. Let's all pray together. Loving and living God, 
we rejoice that this is your world, created by your hand, sustained by your power, and guided by your purpose. So now we bring it to you. We pray for peace, that the leaders of all nations may work to reduce weapons and promote dialogue. And especially today, we think of the ongoing conflict in Israel and Palestine. We pray for justice, that the abundance of this earth's resources may be distributed more evenly. We pray for liberty, that moves towards democracy and freedom may prosper. We pray for harmony, that everyone, irrespective of race, sex or faith, may be valued for who they are. We do not just pray for the big things in life, but also the little, rejoicing that all situations are important to you. All people matter in your sight. And so we pray for our homes and families, for our involvement in work and studying, and for our times of relaxation and leisure. We thank you for all the things that enrich our lives, for literature, art, music, writing and crafts, and so much more. Especially today, we thank you for the pleasure of sport, whether as participants or spectators. We thank you for all those who enable this to take place. We think of PE teachers, those who supervise the Daily Mile in primary school, the many who give up their evenings and weekends to provide transport and training in all kinds of sports. We thank you for the benefit that sport provides to the physical and mental health of so many people and for what it teaches of teamwork, discipline and commitment. We pray today for sports chaplains as they engage with sportsmen and women and young people in this important part of the mission of your kingdom. This week in our church diary, we remember the Sunday school, Bible class and creche. We think of Clifford, Ed P, Katrina G, Jean and Walter, Paul, Rico, Ailey and Leo, Rachel F, Katrina H and Ben, and Rachel H. In our Baptist Junior of Scotland, we pray for Chris Withers, an army chaplain in Ripon, and the churches at Drumchapel and Dumbarton. We pray that they may be salt and light in the communities where they serve. And we pray for the Baptist Union of Great Britain and Ireland as they meet in assembly online this weekend. BMS World Mission this week focuses prayer on the health ministries 
that continue to reach thousands across the world. Thinking particularly of those serving in Nepal, Chad and Afghanistan. Loving and living God, we rejoice that you are involved in our world and involved in our lives, seeking the good of everything you have made. Gratefully, we put our trust in you and commit ourselves to running the race set out for us, wherever that may lead, following in the steps of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. these pilgrims in the physical and digital spaces where they live and move and have their being. Bless them to hear your voice and discern your will. Bless them to be salt and light in their community, to live out their own stories with courage and faithfulness, to listen to others with compassion and curiosity, and to comprehend how everything holds together within your eternal story. And the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you this day and always. Amen. <laughs>